You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. Hopefully you made it past that rain last night. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York jam-packed once again. Plenty to discuss today. We'll take you, of course, up until 6 o'clock again. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question up and running for today. And, of course, this show, the Gordon Damer Show, home to Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer. As well as Stump Rothenberg, living legend Gordon Damer. Now effective, up to 87% accuracy. Sing it, Whitney. Don't you be shy about singing. Sometimes you don't toot your own horn, there is no music. But the headlines for this Tuesday morning, as we, of course, uh, lead you up until 6, the Yankees played last night, so that means the Yankees won again, right? That's the way it works these days. The Yankees play a game. The Yankees win a game. They beat, uh, it's just kind of fill in the blanks. They beat the Phillies last night. Six to three, Phillies back from all their positive tests. Not a whole lot of positives for the Phillies last night because Garrett Cole was on the mound. The Yankees were playing and no problems. A nice little easy win for the Yanks. Now, what, seven in a row, eight and one on the season. It gets, it, it gets hard to keep track every single day. You would think you just have to tack on another one, but the days, they all run together. But I'm looking at the audio rundown you gave me, Brian, and I cannot find in which inning the face of New York sports baseball terminator Aaron Judge hit his home run last night. We know Aaron Judge hits a home run every single day, but I don't see any uh, home runs from Aaron Judge last night. Is is it possible he did not hit a home run last night? He didn't have one last night. It's a sad day. What is going on with this guy? He's the people's champ. Of New York sports. He had a streak, too. So. Yeah, that is very, very – well, yes, he did hit two the night before, so I guess the, the second one, the game-winning home run on Sunday, I guess that counts for yesterday. I'm not sure of all the uh, particulars there. But Garrett Cole wearing Yankee pinstripes last night. And it wasn't like – you know, some games you tune in, you're like, oh, I hope they win tonight. And uh, you get a good sense right off the bat. And Garrett Cole, nice little easy first inning. D.J. LeMahieu with a home run, and away you go. Yeah, away you go as the Yankees roll to another win. So Cole, just to give you some numbers, because I love the numbers. Cole, since his last regular season loss, is now uh, 19-0. and And not that the wins is not a uh, good indicator. I say it all the time. Everybody kind of knows that now. Wins is not really a good indicator of, of whether a pitcher has pitched well or not. But when you're 19-0... That's a sign that it's you're pretty good, right? I mean, it's not terrible, right? 19 and 0. 164 innings. He has struck out 242 batters in that span. He has an ERA of 1.86. So all those numbers, they tell you he's pretty good. He he's not bad. He's doing a pretty good job of pitching baseball and you get Brett Gardner with a home run last night, Gio Urshela with a home run last night. And I don't know if this still happens. It used to happen quite more, uh, quite more often. But if you know, if you, maybe you're this guy, maybe you're not this guy. But the next time, if you are the guy, or you hear a guy, a Yankee fan, 
with some complaints about analytics. Either you or someone else ticked off about this thing or that thing or all these numbers, these nerds, what are they doing with these numbers? The next time you hear that or you catch yourself saying that, just say the name Gio Urshela. Because the reason why the Yankees have Gio Urshela is because of the analytics. And you can't take all the good parts of the analytics and then throw out the bad parts. You know, there's plenty of people write columns about, well, you know, they, they find the one time that the numbers don't play right. And they, well, see, that's what you get for trusting the numbers, not trusting your eyes. Right, you find the one outlier and you go with that. But there are too many, you can't get the, you can't highlight the bad and then not also point out the good. And the good clearly outweighs the bad. So Gio, or I would say you would also be able to use, uh, you know, DJ LeMayhew or Talkman or Voigt. But I think Urshela might be the best case because he's had the most production considering what he was before he got here. Like LeMayhew had a bit of a track record before he got here. He won a batting title with Colorado, so it was not that much of a shock. But the reason why they have LeMayhew is because of what the numbers told them. Taupman and Voigt, those are other good examples, but I don't think they're as good as Urshela because coming into this year, with Gio Urshela, he had an amazing year last year, but you did have to wonder, is that a flash in the pan? Is that a one-year thing? What happens if he gets off to a slow start? At no point in his career prior to getting to the Yankees did he project to be the player that he has been here. Two years in Cleveland, his slash line was 225, 273, 314. What do those numbers mean? He was terrible. That's what those those numbers, if you add them all up, 225, 273, 314, they come up and it's actually a word and it says awful. And he had a little, I think he had like a half a year in Toronto or something as well. But since he's been with the Yankees now, according to baseball reference, his slash line is 314, an on-base percentage of 359, and an OPS of 897. That's really good. Really, really, really good. And, and that's, a, I mean, you'd have to say he's among the best third basemen in baseball. And that's just the offensive numbers. The defensive performance is off the charts as well. He had that one play, what was it, in the first inning, nailing the runner at first base. He had another play, he didn't get the runner, but it was just like a ridiculous play where he's throwing from his rear end. I mean, he is as good as you can really hope for. And considering that the job was Miguel Andujar's, up until last year, you know, and Duhar goes down, Urshela steps in, and it's pretty clear as great a hitter as Miguel Andujar is, and you know I love Miguel Andujar, um, he, he's not going to get that job back because Gio Urshela is just such a complete player. So the next time you hear somebody complaining about, oh, the analytics, the nerds, the uh, goose gossages of the world, these nerds with their number crunching. Well, the team win. I mean, I know they haven't won a World Series, but I don't know. It seems like they got a pretty good track record of success following what the numbers say. These nerds! Yankees have won seven straight. That's the bigger story. Forget about Goose Gossages yelling and screaming. Or my impersonation of Goose Gossages yelling and screaming. It seems like when you go to Goose Gossage with whatever story it is, it, it seems like you know what the, the result is going to be 
even before you raise the question. Like, you could go to Goose Gossage. Uh, Goose, uh, how do you feel about French toast? Oh, French toast! These nerds, they're ruining French toast! Any, you could go to him with anything, and he would be upset about it. But the larger point, Yankees have won seven straight. They're now 8-1. And the, really, the only thing that can slow down the Yankees is things outside of their control. The game tonight is uh, going to be uh, is already been called off as a result of the weather, so they'll go and play a, a doubleheader, little mini doubleheader down in uh, Philadelphia. The I guess on Wednesday, and that's just the one day. But I guess the the other point is is really whether or not the baseball see, and that's the the seat that's what's holding over the whole you know whole sport it feels like the entire conversation surrounding baseball you know we we actually have conversations about baseball here but you know i like baseball and i think if you 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 know if you're listening to me and you're a new york sports fan baseball has a uh, place in your heart because look if you want to watch a winning team in this town the yankees are it you know i mean that's pretty much what it is so, but the the conversation hanging around baseball for a lot of other shows who don't like baseball is just you know focusing on the uh, positive test. And, and look, the the conversation is pretty simple. I thought uh, Peter Rosenberg brought up a, a great point yesterday on the K show. You know, at the NBA and the NHL, COVID is kind of you know it, it's there, but it, it's not really the the main focus. It's more about the sport or the game or, or the performance or whatever. With baseball, it almost feels like it's the only conversation, and rightfully so. So our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, um, I, I want to find out, because I feel strongly about one thing here, uh, and I want to see if other people feel as strongly as I do. But the poll question is, with uncertainty surrounding, continuing to surround the uh, baseball season because of concerns over coronavirus, with so many teams testing positive, where do you think the bulk of the blame lies? Like, you can blame everybody for it, right? But where do you think the bulk of the blame actually lies and i gave you three options the very rare three options i could not come up possibly with a fourth one but the three options the league that would be the commissioner b the teams the individual teams not doing enough to uh, check on their players or would you go with the players so three options the very rare three uh, option poll question it's up on twitter at gordon damer coming up i'll give you uh, my answer to that but the yankees win the Mets win. How about that? Beat the Braves last night and scored some runs for Jacob DeGrom so Mets fans can finally pop up, you know, pipe down about that for at least a start. Uh, struck out 10 on the night, and everything went according to plan. Of course, last night's the game you're supposed to win, right? Like That's what I said after opening day. Like, Yeah, it's great that you won on opening day, but you know when Jacob DeGrom starts, those are the days you're supposed to win, right? Best pitcher in baseball, two-time National League, Cy Young. It's the other four days you got to worry about. But I will say this. Got to give a little bit of credit to Robinson Cano. Two more hits yesterday. Walked once, drove in three. Now, look, I still think the move is a horrendous move. I still think it has all the same problems. All the same problems that we brought up before, they still remain. But you would have to say, at least in the early going, and it is very early, and who knows how long the season goes or all that type of stuff, it does not seem like he is on um, baseball's death's door as much as it seems. Like last year, he looked like a shell of his former self. You know, not real, especially early on, no pop in the bat. Certainly seemed like, oh my goodness, this is going to be 
uh, a horrendous. Now, look, it is a horrendous move because it, it screwed up so many other. Th- you know, if you could, you know, you, you talk about how bad the Mets' defense is. If you were able to put, uh, if his second base was not being clogged up by Cano, you could put McNeil there. It would fix a lot of the issues surrounding the defense with the team, and. Even if Cano goes out and has a great year this year, you still got him for three more years, 38, 39, and 40. Uh, and I don't think that they're going to be quite – like it's, it's only a matter of time before he starts to decline, and it might very well happen this year. But at least for right now, at least in the early going, you do have to give him a little bit of credit for bouncing back in the early going. One last thing on the Cespedes fiasco. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but I did find it interesting. You know, there was a lot of pushback. And I guess this happens with some fans of every team because it's your team and you're fanatical about your team. And you're always going to do this especially happens with the Knicks. Nick fans. I mean, there's a section of Nick fans. You could tell them anything about their team and they would defend them. The Knicks came out in favor of French toast. Of course, they came out in favor of French toast. French toast is delicious. Go tell that to Goose Gossage. But there's been a section of Met fans who have said, well, you know, this blame lies solely 100% on Yoannis Cespedes. What were the Mets supposed to do? This is completely on the player. And there's almost like this sense of, you know what, the t- they get criticized no matter what they do. They're damned if they do. They're damned if they don't. Well, We talked about this yesterday, and I think we're pretty much in agreement that, yes, the blame does lie mostly on the player. Not completely on the player because the team had to come out and shame him publicly for the way he handled it. And if they had not done that, then I would say, yeah, I mean, it's clearly on the player. It's 100% on the player. But the Mets put that statement out for one reason and one reason only, and it was to embarrass him. And look, maybe you're, maybe you're a fan who doesn't care that he's being embarrassed, right? His, his own uh, behavior has embarrassed himself at times with the Mets. But I do find it interesting that even Brandon Nimmo, sweet, adorable, always positive, running to first base on a walk, Brandon Nimmo, nothing but good things to say. Missed Captain Positivity. Even Brandon Nimmo raised the possibility that, yeah, the team already knew that Cespedes was going to opt out. You have your own player. Not some controversial guy. Brandon Nimmo is not some lightning rod for controversy. And even he is not really sure whether or not to, I mean, to blame the, the, the player or the team. That's not great. That shows you that the players realize how the team operates and what the real motive was for releasing that statement where they did. And there's really only one way to read that, and it was to embarrass Cespedes. By the way, completely off topic. They didn't cancel the Oscars for, for I guess it's next year, but the movies that they'll be judging are, are the movies that are coming out this year. Like, what are they going to do? Give every award to the King of Staten Island? I mean, <laughs> does Pete Davidson win everything? I mean, that's like the only, like, movie that anybody has kind of even talked about remotely. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you should see this. It's pretty good. Like, there's not any other good movies out there. 
This should have been the year to release the uh, the Irishman. That wreck. <laughs> Did you see? They the, could have put uh, that out there, and everybody man? would have been like, you know what? We could have used a, a, even longer, even more boring and longer than the, the what, what it was. Was that right? Gordon, did you see The Invisible Man? Uh, no, I no, did not. That's you, uh, with uh, Elizabeth Moss, right? Yes. Was that any good? I didn't finish it, but it was really good. That, well, that's no. That's no, a, that's a no. No, if you didn't finish it, no. I had to that's sleep a no. to come when in here. When did you start it? When did you start it? Okay, I started really late. So I started like at 9 o'clock. No, no, no. What day did you start it? It was like a Thursday, Thursday night. So it wasn't even like last Thursday? I think it was the Thursday before that. Yeah. That's a sign it's a terrible movie. No, if you didn't go back to it right away, you've had two weeks to watch it. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> well, it was, I had to return it back. That's why. You had to return yeah, it back? Yeah, oh, because it's Redbox. Red Bo- what are you Red doing? Box. Rockbuster still? Redbox. What are you doing? Redbox. Redbox. Yeah. You know you can get that right at your house now. I know. I know, but I was like, I, it was not for me. I just crashed in and i was like oh right. okay uh it's obviously not a very good movie that's a thumbs down uh, siskel and ebert you don't you don't need siskel or ebert or both if you watch a movie on a on a random day right and so look I, i'll be the first to admit you know these hours that you, we work sometimes you crash out you, you can't help it but if you didn't go back to it the next day or even the fo- i'll give you a two-day window because of the time that we wake up if you don't watch it in those two days then it's not a very good movie. I, I don't even think that that's even debatable if you don't go back to it. Do you agree? I agree. Okay. I browbeat Brian into agreeing. No, I, I, do, I do agree, but like sometimes, like like you said, sometimes you're exhausted and you can't like watch That's the, like, fair. That happens. Uh, even stuff you like. Like I was watching, I think it was an NBA game on Saturday, and I tried to watch it and I fell asleep. Right. <laughs> so that I just randomly crash sometimes. That that absolutely happens. There'll be times where you'll be watching something, you'll be enjoying it, and then all of a sudden I find myself, oh, I'm asleep. Look at that. <laughs> you know, it, 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 especially on like a fr- I feel like a Friday night it happens more than uh, – Saturday, I feel like I'm refreshed and I'm, you know. Oh, Friday definitely happens all the Friday time. Friday night to me. is is a rough, it's a rough night. It's, it's not Friday night is not the night on this shift to start a movie. So, I'll just give you that little piece of advice. All right, so uh, the poll question for today it's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer, and look, I'll be all right. Say the Invisible Man. It's a battle between the Invisible Man and the King of Staten Island. Name me another movie that's come out. Name me another movie that has come out this year. You can't do it. There's nothing. There's no movies that have been released this year, and now there's not even any movies being made this year. Unless it's like maybe a okay, cartoon. I, 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 make, I, <laughs> I Googled a list. Okay. Because I was just curious. Uh-huh. I do. I completely forgot these movies came out this year. That's a, That means they were pretty bad. Right. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> exactly my point. You're going to have to cancel the Oscars. That was terrible. I actually saw that Oof. because it's a kid's movie, and we could watch it in the house. We paid $20 for it. It was awful. That's not Disney, right? No, that's not Disney. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. Then there's other another one, Birds of Prey, with uh, right. what's her name? The woman from Wolf of Wall Street. I completely forgot. Oh, uh, Margot Robbie? Yes. Okay, is that the one where she's uh, the 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 comic Harley movie? Quinn? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who? I mean, uh, it didn't make a lot of money too. I remember no, when it came terrible. out. Terrible. It's obviously terrible. And then there was this one. If this it's was... a superhero movie and it doesn't make a lot of money, money, you know, it's the it's it's just dreck. I mean, it can't be any good because those super, you know, the comic book nerds, they will. And I'm starting to sound like Goose Gossage now. Comic book nerds. <laughs> 
they will go and watch anything. Even when, even in a pandemic, they'll go and watch it. So that must have been terrible. And then the number one on this list for box office, and this uh-huh. was a while ago, Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys at uh, Will Smith and Will and Martin Lawrence. And, yeah, and Martin Lawrence. Okay, like I, again, not exactly the typical Oscar contender. <laughs> I don't believe that Bad Boys one or two uh, racked up any Oscar wins. I, I think they're going to have to cancel the Oscars. Otherwise, it's just going to be Pete Davidson the entire time. I've heard that's good. I have not watched it, uh, but. At least I've heard that was good. Yeah. At least I've, I've seen that that was and good. And I completely forgot about this one, too. Uh, Doolittle by Robert Downey Jr. Again, that, that, yeah. that I, is that a Disney movie? Uh, it says Universal, so. Okay. Yeah. That I've heard is, is, is as bad a movie as they could be. And I also saw another movie with my kids, uh, Scooby-Doo. Oh, that one, too. Scooby-Doo was uh, Scooby-Don't. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Another 20 They got another $20 out of me. I would have rather lost it on three-card Monty because that will – oh, my God. I was sitting there with my wife. I said, did they even have a script for this? Scooby-Doo has fallen on hard times. There was, not, there was not a laugh to be had. My kids liked it, though. All right, so the poll question for today, 1-800 – they like anything. I mean, you could just throw, you know, basically anything on the screen, and they would like it. Uh, but the poll question for today is uh, focused on Major League Baseball because the, the, the focus of Major League Baseball continues to be coronavirus. Every single day, anytime you think you're starting to get some good news, and you did get some good news, there, are, there is some positive news. A, Philly's obviously back, so that was good news. And you'd have to say at this point, not that this means 100% moving forward, but... It looks like that infections from playing against teams is not really – it's not been an issue so far, right? Like the Marlins didn't transfer to the Phillies. It doesn't seem like that has been the case. But, I mean, you have teams getting shut down. The Cardinals got shut down. I think it was uh, on Sunday that 20% of teams weren't playing because of coronavirus. Now, I don't know if it's at a crisis point. I can't imagine – that w- that there will be uh, much more of this that the 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 sport can withstand. Although I will say, from the sports standpoint, they're pushing forward. I mean, it's going to have to be super super bad for it to like. If you before the season said, do you think if twenty percent of teams are being shut down as a result of positive tests and concerns, do you think that will be enough to cancel the season? I think I probably would have said, well, 20%, yeah, that seems kind of high. But so far, 20% on Sunday, and that has not been the case. So, uh, But in terms of positives, Philly's back, uh, and it looks like the infections from actually playing the game, that has not been an issue so far. But it's pretty clear that it is still a major issue. So the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is all about um, who do you think uh, the bulk of the blame, where, where do you think the bulk of the blame belongs? Is it with the league? Rob Manfred, always uh, a lightning rod. And uh, it's not, anytime you go into anything and you feel like, all right, I'm going to be defending Rob Manfred on this one, it makes you a little, you know, it doesn't make you feel great. You can have the teams, that's the second one, right? Teams have to keep the players healthy. Or is it up to the uh, the players? Well, look, uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that I'm in agreement with the uh, the power of the crowd. At the end of the day, this comes down to the players, mainly because baseball 
the league, the teams, cannot demand players do this or that. And that's not a positive for the league or the teams. They would love to be able to force their players to be able to do this or that. But they can't. So for all the criticism that baseball has received, well, this just shows you, you got to be in a bubble. You got to have the the NBA model. Well, unfortunately, they would not have been able to do that. Even if you took out the amount of time that they focused on money issues, which makes them look terrible and we criticize them, everybody criticized them at the time. They were never going to be, they floated that idea out originally. The players who have actual power in negotiations with the owners of Major League Baseball didn't want to do that. And I can understand, you know, from their point of view, being quarantined away, away from your family, away from your kids. It's a very difficult thing to do. So that idea went basically nowhere. And also, I don't know that they would have been able to, like, uh, I, I don't remember who brought it up. Maybe it was Bob Nightingale. I'm not, I'm not sure. But if you were going to be playing, one of the places they were talking about playing was Arizona. There's not enough fields in Arizona to play games, especially not indoor, where the average temperature is like 107 degrees during the day. So that wouldn't have worked. Some situations, there are things within your control. There are certain things without, outside of your control. And unfortunately for baseball, the idea of, of playing in bubble cities or, you know, uh, what, whatever term you want to use to say that they would be, uh, you know, having a hub here or there, it was not going to work. So where does the bulk of the blame belong? Well, it, it's still kind of up in the air over what the Marlins exactly did. Derek Jeter had this uh, Zoom meeting yesterday trying to point out that the players weren't being reckless, but they weren't being careful enough. And there are at least some reports that the Cardinals players were at casinos. I would think that that would be very easy to prove. If they're at a casino, you're always on a camera at a casino. So that would be easy to be able to uh, come up with that footage showing the players were there. So I don't know, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But at the end of the day, it belongs on the players, mainly because they're the ones who have the power. The, The teams cannot. The league cannot force them to just simply play the game and then go back to their hotel and stay in their hotel the entire time. So if the players do decide to break whatever protocols there are and do their own thing, even if it's only for a short little while, if they get infected, it's, it, the blame has to belong with the players, doesn't it? one 800 espn one 800 All right, so uh, some people are giving me... Um, some movie recommendations. There's not a lot. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it, it's simply there's not any good movies to watch. That's why we've been trying to find Netflix and Amazon and this thing and that thing. I'm thinking about joining Hulu again. I, I'm trying to squeeze out another free uh, trial out of Hulu, coming up with a, an alias just to be able to <laughs> get a free 30 days to be able to run through everything and then cancel it. <laughs> Two. Tipped into the glove of Sanchez, an impressive 1 2 3 inning. Just 10 pitches for Garrett Cole as the Phillies go down in order. Not, I mean, look, it's not the most inspiring call of, of them all. And look, every night the Yankees have plenty of highlights. Fire up the music, Brian. 
home runs last night. Brett Gardner. Can't hear Brett. Can't hear Mike. Sky the other way. On the run is McCutcheon, and that ball is gone. And yes. a field home run. Power the other way by Gardner, and the Yankees lead two to one. Brett Gardner going opposite field, and then of course the the best high, the the biggest uh, to me the thing that I took away more so even than Garrett Cole last night that we wanted to highlight. We highlighted it in the open was of course Gio Urshela. Unfortunately, Paul O'Neill. Talking about stepping all over the call. Listen to this. Paul O'Neill's just having like uh, ramblings with Paul O'Neill. Listen to this. Really up in the air, and that ball is gone. Oh, you took it out. A three-run home run for Urshela, and the Bronx Bombers continue to bash the baseball. They lead six to one. Yes, Yankees rolling last night as they uh, get another win, seven in a row, eight and one on the season. And I think you'd have to say, if the season does get shut down at some point, they should just probably award the World Series trophy to the Yankees. I, I think that they've already clinched the American League East at this point, right? It's got to be close. they got to be close. to. Cl- What's the magic number for the Yankees clinching the American League East? We'll figure that out after. I can't do math on the air. I can't do a lot of things on the air very well. And a lot of times, including speak. But I think the Yankees are pretty close to uh, being able to wrap that up. You know, I found a list of best movies. This is according to Rotten Tomatoes, which this is their editorial board. This is not just the random yahoos that are voting on it. Tell me how long you would have to go before you've actually heard of any of these movies. Now, sometimes at the Oscars, you don't hear of the movies even before that. But usually they're... There's a one or two in there that you, all right, I feel like I've heard of that. First one on their list is called Crip Camp, a disability revolution. Okay. I I, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Second was called Driveways. Have you ever heard of the movie Driveways? I haven't. Mucho, mucho amor. The legend of Walter Mercado. I mean, these sounds like this sounds like made up movies. I heard of that one. <laughs> you have mucho, yeah, mucho the, amor. The only reason I have heard of it is my mother. That's the only okay. reason. All right. Well, look, that's that's more than I can say. Athlete A, I have heard of. That's on Netflix. It's about uh, the the abuses. Okay, that, that one I have heard. USA about. Gymnastics. So I have heard of that. Here you go. The fight. Have you ever heard of The Fight? I haven't. A Secret Love? Rewind? Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always? I mean, who are these movies? The first one on the list is, uh, and I just finished seeing it. It was Hamilton because they, they, you know, they filmed the play. And uh, that's up on Disney+. Plus. So I just recently saw that with the kids. So that I've heard of. Maybe you just give all the Oscars to Hamilton. It's won everything else. Why not? All right. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. The poll question up for today on Twitter about where the blame lies uh, in terms of uh, the infections in Major League Baseball. I think that it would still I, – I, I know that nobody wants to blame the players, especially not most writers or, or most media because they rely on the players. So you're always going to take the side of the players probably more so than the side of the league or the owners or Rob Manfred. But I don't know where 
where else the, the blame would lie. It would be one thing if the protocols weren't effective enough and you saw players getting infected during games. Then I think that the blame would have to lie with the league. You have to shut things down. But that has not been the case so far. It seems like that the infections have come from individual players going off script, not following whatever advice that they have been given, not just from the league, but just from the the, the powers that be, right? Like this is very, I mean, it's been the top story now for six months. If you're not taking it seriously at this point, you know, you're never going to take it seriously. And, and what hangs in the balance, I would think, is that the season is pretty much on the line, right? Like I don't know how much more baseball is going to take. Now, I, I think it's going to be more. I don't think they're going to shut down. Clearly, they're not going to shut down the game as of yet. But if 20% on Sunday, what's the number? 25%? 50%? I think if you got to 50%, then you'd have to say, you know what, this is just not doable. And at this point... Well, it's great that the Phillies were back, and it's great that individual players have been able to come back. It looks like Chapman for the Yankees is going to come back before too long. It seems like just a matter of time before uh, the numbers are going to continue to uh, escalate. At least that's been the trend so far. Hopefully that's not the trend for much longer. I keep waiting for when there is a uh, an establishment of normalcy in the course of the season. Like, okay, the numbers are here. The numbers keep going up okay, we've leveled off, and now we're going back down the way. That doesn't seem to have uh, happened uh, as of yet. All right, so uh, we've been having that conversation about the the baseball, the poll question, the Yankees, the Mets. We've touched on all those things. I did want to touch on a couple of football things. The Jets uh, released Quincy Anunwa yesterday, and not really a surprise. And it's a shame. Uh, Anunwa seemed like a guy that uh, almost like a poor man's Anquan Bolden. You know, maybe not the most explosive wide receiver, but a physical guy over the middle. And uh, if you're a Jet fan, you were kind of hoping that that was going to be one of your weapons for Sam Darnold moving forward. What it really shows, uh, just it's crazy to me, like, you look at what Quincy Anunwa looks like, right? Like, I mean, the guy's just ripped from head to toe, and that guy can't, it shows you the physical nature of football sometimes, you just can't, you can't predict. But it also kind of shows that even though he has not been here now for over a year, the time with Mike McCagden with the Jets, oh my goodness. Now, I'm not saying signing Quincy Anunwa to that contract was the worst move. I think that there are worse moves for Mike McCagden than that, but it's only because that there were so many bad moves under Mike McCagden. The Christian Hackenberg, obviously, I think that's going to be the one that always gets associated as number one. But bringing back Revis, signing Wilkerson, and and giving Anunwa that contract when I think he was already hurt. And what it turns out is, for a four-year contract, Anunwa will end up playing exactly one game. One game with the Jets. And when we talk, we talk about the failures of New York sports recently over the last decade, this time, that time, and you talk about the, the, the bad people making decisions on teams, be it Phil Jackson or, or uh, Gettleman or Brody, whoever. Maybe some hockey guy. Has there been a, a hockey guy that has been worse than – how long ago did Mike Milbury leave? I feel like that's been a long time. But it feels like that there's not been anybody as bad as Mike Milbury. But I'm sure the hockey fans will, will point me out. When you're having that conversation, man, don't sleep on Mike McCagnan because his time with the Jets, oh, my goodness. I, I, it's, it's almost hard to believe it could have gotten even worse. And, and 
while it was a very strange time to fire him when they did, thank God they did because he was terrible at the job. Terrible. Uh, Just kind of recapping the stories of the morning, in case you're just getting up, just getting rolling on this Tuesday. The Yankees remain awesome. They uh, won again last night, seven in a row for the uh, Bronx Bombers as they uh, beat the Phillies 6-3. to three. So make it now 8-1. and one. Garrett Cole, another uh, victory for him. And not the victories, again, are the way that you judge starting pitchers. But uh, so far, so good for Garrett Cole. And I guess my main point from the Yankee game last night, and I don't know if it still happens. I would think at this point it's kind of fighting a losing battle. But the next time either you or a Yankee fan you know has some complaint about the Yankees' analytics or giving guys rest days, which kind of drives me nuts sometimes. Guy hits two home runs the night before and then the next day gets the day off. But the next time you find yourself criticizing or someone you love criticizing the Yankees and analytics, I would just say you say two words to yourself or to that person. And those two words would be Gio Urshela. There are other examples. Certainly, DJ LeMayhew has been sensational. And the reason why they got DJ LeMayhew was because of their reliance on the numbers and seeing things in the numbers that told them that they would be able to get more production out of him than he was getting in Colorado or Mike Tauchman or Luke Voigt. There's other examples of it as well. But I think Urshela is probably the best point and the best name to use because coming from where he came from, which again, he was acquired for cash, for nothing. He was, I think, 26 or 27 years old at that point. He had played in baseball for three seasons, really never showed outside of defense any offensive ability at all. As I gave you the slash line before of 225, 273, 314, uh, that is, I mean, that spells out, all you need to know is that spells out to be awful. And since he has been a Yankee now, his slash line puts him among the best third basemen, at least in the American League. I guess it depends on how much you want to say among the best third basemen in baseball. And the reason why they got him is that, I mean, maybe they didn't expect him to be as good as he has been, but they clearly saw something in the numbers that told them that he could be a useful piece. Now, maybe that was just defense. The defense has been excellent. And think about, you know, Miguel Andujar, as great of an offensive player as he was in his rookie year and clearly should have been the rookie of the year. The fact that he is not he is not going to get that job back at third base, even after Urshela just one season, you could think eh, maybe a flash in the pan. No, it's it's a, he's the real deal. And a big three-run home run for him last night, so the Yankees roll. Mets get a win behind Jacob deGrom. He struck out 10, does all the things that Jacob deGrom does, but uh, the Mets actually, surprisingly, scoring some runs for him for a change. So, that, of course, that's the game you're supposed to win. Now, the other four, it's going to be another four days before you see Jacob deGrom again, and can you uh, get a win or multiple wins when he is not on the mound? That's the question. And uh, the other point that we focused on with the Mets today was about Ioannis Cespedes and people defending the Mets' handling of it. And while most people don't blame the Mets primarily, there is blame to be had. And how you know that and how they handled it, and it deserves to be blamed, that even sweet, adorable Brandon Nimmo, nothing but good things to say, the captain of positivity, Brandon Nimmo even raised the possibility that, you know what? We knew that Cespedes was going to be opting out. And yet the Mets put out that statement. It seems pretty clearly as a way to um, shame the player. 
1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Oh, you know what else I did not bring up? That The Rock and his uh, partners are uh, buying the XFL. What does that mean? I mean, he, he gets a bunch of helmets and, and jerseys and stuff like that. I mean, they're going to be bringing back the XFL. That just shows you how popular uh, The Rock The Rock is basically the male version of Beyonce. Women love Beyonce. Is there anyone who does not like The Rock? Is The Rock the most popular person in the entire country? I, I think that you'd probably say yes. I don't know what the um, I don't know a way to find that out. What is it Q rating? The Rock is very very high. I feel like he is almost like the male Beyonce. And now that he has taken over the XFL, I'm sure he's going to show up in a khaki T-shirt and shorts and operate a helicopter like he does in every movie. All right, let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to uh, Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my buddy? Good morning, Michael K., trivia show champion. And I'm going to have a phrase this one. Living legend. I think I think living legend is fine. And and uh, Dave Rothenberg, uh, some Rothenberg all-time Gordy trivia champion. Thank you. Thank you can't, you can't what? go over the top too much. What's your, what's your percentage, 87? 87% accuracy. Put you in the uh, top one-tenth of 1% dial of Brady I have to think so. I have not done the research. but Yeah, listen, so. last night, it, it is what it finally, finally I got to, to sit down, dog in lap, and watch the two best pitchers in baseball. I flipped around. I stayed with the Yankees, obviously, more. But the release of both of these, it was brilliant last night, but they didn't have their greatest games, but they were just great. The release off their hands. I used to pitch a lifetime ago, and the two of them, the way the ball comes off their hand and the concentration, they're very comparable. Do you see it? Uh, I mean, look, they're both great pitchers. There's no question about it. Uh... I was a little surprised. You know, the, the the one thing about Cole, that at least last night, and, and he, I think, would admit, and most people pointed out, he was not uh, yeah. classic Cole last night. Not a lot of swings and misses last night. He, he, he usually you. gets a lot of swings and misses. So I don't If know, you want to show your son perfect mechanics, show them either one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly the case with um, with both guys. That's a similarity. I, I don't look at the – I mean, as great as they are, I don't look at them as being mirror images of each other. Like, uh, I, get, I you could probably point out some other guys in the past. Uh, so, I mean, I, but they are both great. I mean, there's yeah, no question about yeah, that. I, I just mean the overall confidence on the mound and, and, and the release of their, their ball. The ball just flies off their arm like a jet. It's amazing the speed. You look up at the gun and you go, oh "My God, there's no effort there." Yeah, I, I feel like that's the case with every. I mean, I feel like the even relief pitchers now. It's like everybody throws a hundred, right? And like you, you might not even have known the, the guy that you, you, you know, on 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 another team that they'll yeah, bring the in some guy that you've never it. heard of before, and the guy's throwing ninety eight every single time out. Correct, Gordon, but the relief pitcher can only do it for that yes, maximum, course, what, 30 sure. pitches, right, 40 yeah. pitches. These guys yeah. do it in the eighth inning, or whatever inning is, their last inning, they're throwing this hard. And yeah. it was really good. This Ursella has the softest hands, and the, and his calmness of going over the foul line. It, it, the second play was, he didn't get the guy. because No, throw. he didn't, yeah. But <laughs> I just showed, I mean, the, re, the reaction time, though, he's a, he's a sensational defensive third baseman, and any questions that you had, and I'll be honest with you, I had some questions, you know, like he had an amazing year last Last year, but I wasn't convinced that this is going to be, uh, you know, the track record speaks for itself. So he had one amazing season, but I wasn't convinced for sure that he would be the guy moving forward. And I generally 
tend to lead offensive rather than you know defensive uh, superstar. But uh, Urshela has been a sensational offensive player as well. I mean, the, the slash line itself speaks to the fact that he is among the best third baseman in baseball, which is not what anybody, I don't even think the Yankees thought that they were getting when they got him. Greg is in East Meadow. Greg, go, my man. Hey, Gordon. Um, What's I, think the Rock, I think the Rock rises to the level of uh, Arnold in his prime. Remember how popular Arnold was? He was making movie after movie. They were all big hits. Yeah. Governor. I wouldn't be surprised if one day uh, the Rock runs for, you know, for office. Um, Geo's numbers, listen, he clearly had to be picked up for defense. There was nothing in his numbers that you could say analytically was, you know, was, oh, this is, you know, this guy's going to develop. He's a guy who just figured it out. And I think we had that conversation last, last year when he went through his little slump. A lot of people felt like, oh, maybe, you know, the bloom is off the rose with Geo. And then, and then he figured it, you know, and then he came back and he, you know, he was back to being really good. So I think he's a guy who has just figured it out late. And uh, listen, I want to blame McCagnan as much as anybody, but was was Quincy Anuma's college career, uh, you know, riddled with injury? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I thought from a talent perspective he was a good pick, but I don't know what his college history says about his injuries. Well, I, I'm pretty sure, and Greg, we got to run. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm almost positive he was out when he got that contract. Maybe my memory is uh, mistaken me, but he was a guy that's always hurt, and it just shows you. I mean, sometimes there's things that are outside of your control, and the injuries are clearly outside of his control. But the fact that McCagnan, who was awful, signs this guy to a four-year deal, and he plays exactly one game, it just shows you. Just, uh, and that's not even among the, I don't think the top two or three worst moves. That just shows you how bad McCagnum was. We're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow. Vote on the poll question. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.